0: Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. So on today's Appalachian Shine, we have Linda hudson Hogan of Tazewell, one of the most prolific writers uh, here in the, in the region and one of the most well-known popular writers. Linda, I wanted to kind of just toss it into your corner and let you read uh, some excerpts from some of your work today and share with us here on Appalachian Shine.
1: I'll be glad to do that because I enjoy talking about my work, but I also enjoy reading it. So I will get started with a poem called Oops. One of my best ones that I've written that everybody loves, and it's weird, okay? (laughs) Driving behind the overturned bathtub, Carrie reached for her cell phone camera to record a photo to send to her mother so she could gloat and brag about her prowess in acquiring such a wonderful antique to install in her turn-of-the-century home, the 20th century, that is. Carrie followed the truck that had secured her precious find by using large bungee-like cords to hold it onto the bed of the truck. She glanced to the right, looking for a familiar landmark that would let her know she was close to her destination. When she turned her gaze back to the road, she caught the vision of her beloved bathtub sailing down the hillside, bouncing along until it disappeared from her line of sight and her life. She realized she was still holding her camera and she captured her loss. Her email to her mother said, oops. <laughs> I like that one. It's that's,
0: just... <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, it is. When did you write that?
1: Uh, I'd say about three or four years ago. Okay. You
0: know,
1: it's, 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 I don't know what possessed me to write it, but I did.
0: <laughs> now you've contributed a lot to, uh, uh, compilations throughout the, uh, through the Authors Guild, the Appalachian Authors Guild, right. uh, short stories, poems, uh, nonfiction. Uh, so uh, folks can check out that there. And I'm at, at the end, I'm going to give out your website. Uh, so people know where to get your, your work as well. Uh, I'll shut up and let you go on to the next one.
1: The next one is called The Noisemaker, and it has been published in, I think, a couple of times, which usually happens by accident. If I send it to one place, they don't tell me they're going to publish it, and then someone else accepts it, and then it gets published in both places. It's not intentional. It just works out that way. It's called The Noisemaker. The trees were green and full of life. That included the birds building nests and flying around to warn each other that a human was approaching. The walk through lovely Lincolnshire Park was invigorating but a little scary because I was out in the wee hours of the morning before the sun got wickedly hot. My mind was doing what it always did when I was alone. It jumped from idea to idea, subject to subject. Therefore, I lost track of where I was. Go, where I was going and what I needed to do. I came to a complete stop and looked around to assess my location. The solution to my confusion was to turn around and follow the same path right back to the beginning. The dark forest started appearing ominous with the early morning fog settling in to obscure the trail and my frightening surroundings. I heard the crunching of tree trash. And debris but I couldn't tell from which direction it was coming at me. The crunching didn't sound like my own footsteps I would make. It sounded like the swishing sound of a body as it brushed against the green foliage along with a loud footstep crunching. Finally I could see clearly the oncoming noisemaker. I stood stock still as per instructed by the people who knew about such things I slowly started backing up until I couldn't see the big intruder. I did not want to form a lasting friendship with an enormous black bear.
0: (laughs) You had me thinking you were in a haunted forest there for a minute.
1: I know. Lincolnshire Park can be scary sometimes. Oh, I I bet. It's right close to me, so I have been up there.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Sighted in this area.
0: Yeah, actually, that's a growing problem here for the last handful of years, the growing uh, black bear population wandering out. Now, my sister took a picture of a giant paw print on the hood of her car in Richlands from the top of Christmas Tree Hill. Goes out to work one morning, and there's a big, giant paw print.
1: That's scary. Now, I do have three bear that eat all the cat food off my front porch, but there are three uh, beautiful female deer. One's young, and the other two are adults, and they're gorgeous, they're not afraid of me at all. I can go out in and out the door and they won't run. Oh, huh. It's strange, but they're my pets now. I can't get rid of them. They come to yeah. eat today.
0: <laughs> so you have cats and deer over there at Tazewell.
1: I have all kinds of stray cats that come to eat. And if they don't eat the cat food quickly, the deer finish it off.
0: <laughs> no, I bet. I bet. Okay. Um, All right. So you have a short story. Uh, what, uh, what short story did you want to read today? And, uh, and what book is this in?
1: okay the, the uh, poems came out of the cup and other poems and it's it's one of it's my new collection of poetry. I'll have another one this year too okay, and then okay. the uh, short story comes out of what was that and other short stories and what was that the main story in here is about a teenager walking about 30 blocks in the city in the middle of a tornado and she had no clue it was a tornado. <laughs> It was interesting, but it was a little too long for this. So the the one I'm going to read is 10 Years Too Late. Okay. And it's a good one. There were five of them, which was two more than I had been expecting. In actuality, it was four more vehicles than I had been expecting. I could have easily handled two carloads. But as it turned out on that day, instead of five people stopping to visit my ailing husband and me, 25 people, including infants, entered my house and expected a warm welcome. They all appeared in my driveway and front yard, parking everywhere they could fit their vehicles. I know they weren't packed in five bodies to each car, but it was easier to think that's how it happened. My daughter said there would be five of them, said my husband. That's fine, I said, as I racked my brain trying to find a sleeping place for each of them. When will they get here? I asked, knowing I had to vacuum, sweep, and clean everything before they arrived. Tomorrow, he answered with a smile. He truly wanted to see them, but I was afraid all of the excitement would add to his heart problems. I worked and worked making our home presentable and inviting. I looked into my freezer and noted that I had enough food to feed five additional mouths for the weekend. When they arrived, I was in total shock. I didn't know what I was going to do as far as sleeping arrangements and eating arrangements were concerned. I didn't know everyone's name, so I listened to my husband greet each one of them so I could get a hint about who had entered my home. After all of the greetings, I checked my freezer again. This was Friday evening and I had to feed the crowd Saturday and Sunday before they left to go back home to Ohio. Thankfully, all of them were going to stay in the local motel and I wouldn't have to find bed space for them. Feeding 25 visitors, my husband and myself was going to be a formidable task. Although I worked full time and my husband received a small social security disability check, our grocery money was limited because I had to use most of my extra income on medical and driving expenses because we had to travel to Toronto from a small town in Southwest Virginia at least once a month. There were happy, cheerful conversations going on and I tried to take part, but I wasn't an actual member of the family. I was the interloper who had taken over their father and taken him away from their mother. And I was to be ignored. I did not break up the family group. It was already broken when I met their father. But because I had entered the picture, there was no hope of reun- reuniting their mother and father. They all finally cleared out to go to the motel around nine o'clock. And I chased my tired husband to bed. He was fading rapidly health-wise. And I knew he needed the restful night of sleep. Sunday morning, they arrived early and started their visit again. And while I tried to feed them, about half of them, the rest of the group had gone to McDonald's. And that helped me out a bit. Eggs, bacon and toast were on the morning menu that kept me busy while the rest of the crowd visited my husband. When I had finished feeding those who were hungry, and after I washed the dishes, I walked into the living room to join into the conversation. When I entered the room, the visitors all stood up and went outside, leaving me alone with my husband. This little stunt happened each time I entered a room where they were congregated. All I wanted to do was join in the conversation. So in order to keep them in the room and near my husband, I would go to my bedroom and close the door. My husband finally noticed what was happening and came looking for me. Please don't give them more reasons to hate me. Don't say anything, honey. I told him, they hate me enough already. I will talk to them, he said. Please don't. You can tell them. You can tell them that when they come to visit again, to come in one car. Let them know your health will not allow you to handle a huge crowd like this one okay but they are making me so tired but I am happy to see them just not all of them at one time that's good I said I will tell them over the telephone after they leave not to ever treat you so disrespectfully again that's okay they hate me anyway through the 25 years we were married I was hoping things would improve with a family relationship but it never did When my husband passed away, the ensemble returned for the funeral. Again, I was shunned. Ten more years passed, and I was scanning through Facebook where I found members of my deceased husband's family who were trying to be friendly with me. My thought was, you're at least ten years too late.
0: That's a powerful story.
1: That's a true story.
0: I was wondering. Um, Yeah, you have written some things that I've, read in the past that I didn't know who wrote about the time because I was a judge and the local golden nibs and, uh, just absolutely they're heartbreaking. You've had a, you've had a life, Linda. And, uh, um, and it's, it's a wonder it's, and it's, I I'm glad you shared on the page. Uh, there are stories that I hope a lot of people read because they touch the heart, they touch, they touch the soul. And, um, And for me to elicit emotion reading a book is or a story is is kind of a stretch for me because it's just not the way I read. But you you've certainly uh, pulled some emotions out of me reading some of the things that you've read. So um, that that's that's a powerful gift, and I'm glad you shared it. Where are you going to be signing books at and selling your uh, your Afghans?
1: Um, I will be at the Winter Honey Festival, February 11th in Richlands. And then I will also be at the uh, second part of the Honey Festival uh, on February 25th in Richlands. And that one's to support the library. Are, so I will be both-,
0: are both of those events going to be held over at the uh, the police station downtown, the, the big area back there?
1: That big area back It's one of the best places in the world to hold that. That really is. It's a good one.
0: Uh, yeah, they, they usually get quite a few people coming in and out. I, I was in there one year. I think you were there, but there was a flood. No yeah. one got out that year.
1: Yeah. It was right after that flood. It's really surprised me. They even they've had some floods down there because it gets deep. The clinch just expands like you wouldn't believe.
0: Yeah, and that's that's an area prone for flooding. But yeah, that's my luck. I show up at a place and uh there's nobody shows up hmm. But um, um, are you going to be at the uh, Big Walker Overlook this year?
1: I will be at Big Walker at least 20 times this coming summer uh, because she sends out a schedule and I think I've picked every Sunday in the, in just about all of them. But I'm usually there on a Sunday except for one. And that's November 4th. And that's a Saturday. And that's my birthday. <laughs>
0: Well, hey, I know it's January, but happy early birthday. Happy belated, I guess, is probably more appropriate. Yeah. Um, but we look forward to, uh, you know, any of any and all of your works. Is there anything uh, you're working on now to come out soon?
1: Yes, I have another collection of poetry, and I have another collection of short stories. It seems that I've done so many of those, and now they're getting published. They A long time ago, they, you couldn't get anybody to look at them, but... I've had a lot of them. I also have another uh, mystery coming out. I'm about half, halfway on that one. I will have it out soon.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and sharing your works. Um, you, you've done so much with the Authors Guild and, I, and we look forward to on this show, highlighting as many local authors as we can this year, getting getting excerpts. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the next Golden Nib. Those are always so fun to get those in, and read those stories, but but Linda, thank you. I appreciate you, and uh, uh I'll uh, I'll make sure I send this video to you when uh, when it's done. Thank you, Casey. Right, thank I
1: appreciate it. All right,
0: take care. Bye. All right. So uh, for those of you still watching, it's um, it's it's uh, interesting to do this show. So you may be watching um, this on uh, YouTube. You may be watching this on. Uh, ARC TV um, so uh, if you are, um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, showing up on uh, on YouTube to watch this because um you know, it's it's really it's really a fun thing that we do uh, here at, at uh, the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And I would like to thank the folks there at ARC TV for being able to share this with you. Um, as far as Linda Hogan is concerned, um, she is a, an award-winning uh, writer and has won quite a few um, awards. Now, the one poem that she read from uh, the cup, um, she actually had that uh, entered into the Appalachian Authors Guild Golden Nib Poetry Contest and was actually in that. She actually won third place there, but she's also won first place uh, at Star Poets uh, for her poem "Always Alone," and uh, she actually uh, received a certificate of appreciation from Bluefield State College uh, for um, sharing her thoughts uh, about her literary work. She, she uh, has taught up at the Southwest Virginia Community College and done a number of things up there. She actually just does that for free, uh, teaches folks who wants to learn how to um, you know, apply the craft, learn the craft of writing. So it's really important uh, stuff that she does. If you want to follow her online, you can find her on Facebook. Uh, or you can go to her website, which is lindasbooksandangels.com. And, and uh, the angels part of that is actually she handcrafts uh, afghans, and uh, we'll sell those when she goes to her events. She'll have all the blankets she hand makes, as well as the as well as her books. So uh, definitely make sure you you stop in and uh, stop by if you see her. She's often at uh, Food City as well, so you'll see her in places like that uh, also. Um, I wanted to just, uh, since this may be the first time some of you are seeing us uh, on ARC TV, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about our organization, Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. Our philosophy is pretty simple and our mission is pretty simple, but it's a broad mission. The Appalachian region is a place of strong values, a rich history, uh, just a wealth of opportunity. Now, you know, the stereotype really is the opposite. So whenever you see uh, Appalachia highlighted in television news or in culture, it's always like the worst that you, you know stereotype you can find. They focus on the poverty and the and a lot of the, you know just a lot of the issues like that that are around the lack of jobs edu- uh, falling behind in education uh, compared to the nation. But you know, our philosophy is pretty, pretty simple. Uh, the Appalachian region is a place of strong values, a rich history. And a wealth of opportunity. We believe that solutions to move Appalachia forward regarding economic development and growth, tourism and education uh, are most effective when they come from individuals and groups within Appalachia. We believe that the future of our region should be steered by the hardworking citizens here, visionaries from here, and dreamers from Appalachia. We also believe that promoting our history and our culture and the arts is an important part of the continued growth and development of this region. Our mission is to work for economic, educational, and cultural advancement throughout the entire region. And if you wanted to say what our vision was, it would be for Appalachians all over the area to thrive in a region that is rich with mountains of opportunity. Actually, I would love to see the day when organizations like ours aren't needed. That would be an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Um, now, one thing that you can do, we uh, you can listen to our podcast, which is called Appalachian Shine. Uh, we use it to promote the bright spots here in Appalachia. We use it to promote our artists, our culture, our history. And we do have guests on frequently to talk about economic development and tourism um, and talk about their work and vision for the region. So we're blessed to actually call this place our home, this beautiful, magnificent region. And uh, we lately, we've done a couple of programs like Operation Help in Hand, and we want to thank our supporters for that. Uh, we uh, received approximately, uh, late last year, uh, November or so, about $1,000 of in-kind donations in the form of clothing to donate for the homeless in the region. And uh, I want a special thanks to the folks over Community Church of Bristol. Uh, and uh, Mary Beth Adkins and her team at the Family Crisis Support Services in Norton. So we were able to deliver those clothes. And, uh, and with the monetary donations, we were able to purchase quite a few things that we, we took to uh, contribute down there. Um, and that was in, I think it was actually in late September. Uh, we actually have a few of our 2023 calendars still available. So if you'd like one, please contact us. You can email me at jc at supportappalachia.org. Um, now, it does cost money to mail those out, so they're kind of larger uh, envelopes we have to buy. So if you'd like one mailed to you, if you could just give us a donation of, say, a minimum of $25 to cover the cost of that envelope and the postage, uh, we'll mail one to you. Uh, otherwise, if you see me out, I usually keep a handful of them in the car with me, um, and we'll be out over the next couple of weeks trying to give them away while they still last. Um, but, yeah, we've we've um, certainly been... Uh, very happy to pay forward um, our gifts and our blessings uh, with uh, with charitable donations to uh, folks in the region and putting in a little bit of work. Now, there are some things that we want to be able to do, uh, such as uh, promoting history, uh, local history, like forgotten history, um, through smaller uh, booklets. So that's one of the things that, though, that we're going to be working on in the future. We do need donations for that as well. So if you're new to the foundation uh, and you support us and uh, you find us online at supportappalachia.org, we appreciate you following us online and follow us on YouTube. And um, there'll be links up on our website to our YouTube videos, so you can just go straight over from there. Um, So if you're a donor to the foundation, we consider you a part of the family. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Thank you, Linda Hoagland, for uh, uh, reading today. We'll have some other artists on. We're going to have several shows like this throughout the course of the year where we highlight local artists and, uh, and writers. So thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you on down the road.